Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Talking Stuff on Letterman Row. I'm your host, Jeremy Birmingham. Today's episode is. Uh, the first in a week, I we missed this week, um, the midweek edition, because quite frankly, there's just not a lot happening. Ohio State's been recruiting the same handful of guys for the last two months or so, essentially. And with that, uh, there comes a tendency where we start to just talk about the same things over and over. And I don't want to inundate you guys with boring stuff. So um, today we're going to talk a little bit about one more important player Ohio State is still recruiting. That is Jameer Gibbs, the running back from Dalton, Georgia. Uh, who visited Alabama over the weekend. Jameer received a bump in his uh, ranking. He's now a four-star prospect. Still committed to Georgia Tech, but it does seem like things are moving in a direction with him uh, that is going to lead him away from the the Jackets. And you're looking at schools like Ohio State, Alabama, LSU, Florida, and Georgia, who are all kind of waiting and and trying to get to know him. He's going to be visiting Ohio State uh, for the Buckeyes game against Maryland in November. And, and really, that's going to be one of those big weekends when it comes to Ohio State getting to know a kid that is really important to their class uh, at this point, a position that's important at their cl- in their class, because Gibbs, I think, might be the best fit of all the running backs they're looking at. So the question, ultimately, is whether or not he's a guy that wants to leave the South for school, knowing that options like Alabama, Georgia, Florida, LSU, and all those are on the table, uh, or if he wants to really get out and explore uh, the rest of the country and, and, and likes what Ohio State does with the tailbacks. So Tony Alford obviously had Trey Bradford from uh, Lancaster, Texas, in for an official visit a few weeks ago. Buckeyes are still recruiting him. They're still recruiting Mayan Williams, the running back from Cincinnati Winton Woods, who could show up uh, on campus for the Buckeyes game against Wisconsin this coming weekend. But I think that Gibbs is sort of separating himself as far as the – uh, the pecking list and how it goes right now for the Buckeyes. So keep an eye on that. Alabama has two currently committed running backs. Uh, Georgia has a commitment from five-star Kendall Milton. LSU does not have a commitment from a running back right now, and that's why I think that they're still one of those dark horse teams to really be a, a problem here when it comes to the the Gibbs recruitment and a potential fly in the ointment. So that's that at the running back position. We'll keep monitoring that. The big thing there is whether or not Mayan Williams shows up at Ohio State this coming weekend for the Wisconsin game. If that happens, things could get weird quickly, and maybe Jameer Gibbs doesn't even end up making a visit because Williams, if he does visit Ohio State, I think will flip from Iowa State to the Buckeyes. Being a uh, an Ohio kid, they're, they're certainly not uh, going to play a game there with him and tell him no, he can't commit after offering him a month ago. So that's what's happening at running back. Beyond that, we're going to spend uh, some time today doing things a little bit different on this episode of Talking Stuff. I've got uh, a former coworker of mine and a friend, uh, Sam Spiegelman from Rivals.com, who covers um, a lot of ground down there in the southeast and uh, in Texas, joining us for 
uh, a little discussion about who Ohio State is recruiting in Texas. Uh, he saw a few Buckeye commitments uh, suit up in the last week, and I wanted to talk to Sam about that. So that's what we're going to do now. So we'll get Sam on the phone, and uh, hope you guys enjoy this a little bit extended edition of Talking Stuff, and um, we'll get you going with that right now. On the phone, thanks for joining me, Sam Spiegelman from Rivals.com. Sam is, uh, for those who don't know, Sam is a guy that I've known for a while now. We used to work together uh, at Atlanta 10, SEC country. Sam, thank you for spending some of your Sunday afternoon on the phone with me. It's it's an honor and a privilege to spend some time with you, Berm. Well, I wanted to talk to you, Sammy, uh, about the weekend because uh, you uh, went and saw Ryan Watts on Thursday night, the recent Ohio State commitment, and then you saw Jackson Smith and Jigba with his uh, – all-American jersey presentation and all that stuff and uh, and watched him play and um, I want to start with Watts if we can and obviously he committed to Ohio State a week ago he's a player that you had watched uh, previously when he was committed to Oklahoma what are the Buckeyes getting in him from a pure talent evaluator standpoint yeah you know listen Ryan is is extremely talented and you watch his junior film and and you see a he is every inch of six foot three um probably a buck 85 ish. Um, and you know, on tape last year, he, he's very new to corner. Um, and you know, he's a little stiff, but he's very good in coverage, even though he's kind of learning on the fly. Um, he plays the ball well in the air, obviously 50, 50 balls are they're legit 50, 50 balls going against a corner of that size, but he has taken his game up uh, a couple of notches as a senior now, his midseason film is at corner, and he, he was off to a fantastic start. He's covered some of the best receivers in the Dallas-Fort Worth area to, to open his senior season, and he's fared very well. That includes guys like Marvin Mims, uh, a Stanford commit who's probably one of the bigger risers who's going to be in the next installment of Rivals Updates. Mims has been unstoppable in every single game except when he played against Watts, and he was obviously shadowing Mims. Um I saw Ryan over the weekend, and he was playing safety. Um, I asked him if, if Ohio State had asked him to play some safety, but that's he's going to play corner up there. Um, he's just doing that to kind of help out his team. And um, as as a run defender, you know, corners are not that physical. You know that, Burn. They right. don't love to go, get down and tackle. Ryan really kind of <laughs> literally learning where his footing is right. at safety came down, blew up a couple of run run plays. Running backs going to the edge, um, getting after the quarterback who liked to run and, and pick up first downs. Ryan put an end to that. And then in coverage, playing over the top, which he certainly could play safety, um, batted down a couple of passes. Nothing got over his head. Um, so between what you saw from him in the midseason highlights and then seeing him in person, Buckers are going to get a real versatile defensive back, real long, covers a lot of ground, and probably his most promising trait is He's going to knock out a couple of dudes on Saturdays in a few years. Sam covers Texas for Rivals.com. And so, I, you know, what is it like? How, how are Texas and Texas A&M? I know the, the Aggies were one of the schools that he was still looking at towards the end of his recruitment. What are those schools doing, I guess, when it comes to letting a guy like that leave Texas? <laughs> well, they, they, they certainly didn't want him to leave Texas. Um, it was interesting because in the springtime, he was one of the early commits. He committed to OU on Easter day. Um, 
And early on, he made visits to Arkansas and Notre Dame and Texas and Texas A&M and, you know, Oklahoma State and TCU. So you got the, the local schools in DFW and going down to Austin and College Station and, you know, out to Oklahoma State, of course, which recruits Texas very well as, as well. Um, and I think he, he was a wanted commodity by all of those schools. Um, you know, I think te- Texas really likes big corners as well. I mean... Watts, you know, as long as he is, I mean, you have to, you're sacrificing a little bit of speed, which is probably more of a necessity in the right. Big 12 with all these offenses. Ryan is in that high 4-6-ish, low 4-7 range. There's nothing wrong with it because he can still cover well. Right, because the, the, the length allows him to take a, you know, cover a little more ground. A hundred percent. He makes he makes up for it. Um, he, he brings a different skill set to the table. Um Texas, I think, was was in the mix early, and then his, you know, his his buddy Jahari Rogers was kind of leaning toward Texas, and I don't know if they had a thing where they didn't want to play with each other, or they just didn't want they wanted to look at a diverse group of schools. But once Ryan committed to OU, because OU had kind of given him that priority treatment, Alex Grinch, obviously from Ohio State, had kind of sold him on being a key part of that that Rebirth. defense that's going to turn around, right. and that's, I mean. The, the, the chance to play early is, is as alluring as any trait for any kid. And for Ryan, who you know is new to the position, to hear that he could come in and be a, a day one starter at OU, a team that's obviously ranked in the top four or five in the country right now, that was that was enough to put Ryan over the top. Um, A&M, even while he was committed to OU, continued to make that push. They had just they had missed on another tall, rangy corner in Josh Eaton from uh, the Houston area. Um, Watts, obviously, even though he committed to OU, was still, I wouldn't say he was looking around, but he was still listening to coaches. Yeah. And Texas A&M has obviously endured their own struggles on the recruiting trail and as well as on the field on Saturdays. Um, probably didn't see that path to the field because A&M has a very high four-star, Jalen Jones committed. Um, and if, if you're going to pick between the two, I'd probably go with Jalen Jones, and he's on the fast track to start there. So maybe Watts saw a better opportunity, especially Ohio State's recruiting class has, has largely just really talented safeties in the mix, yeah. as well as the kid from California who's more of a nickel. So Yeah, the Buckeyes, maybe, are, in a posi- Buckeyes are in a weird spot because they know that Okuda is going to be gone to the NFL. They know Damon Arnett will be gone to the NFL. They know that Jordan Fuller will be gone to the NFL. There's a fairly uh, good chance, and and I think almost they believe uh, weaken a little bit more than they did the week before that Sean Wade will be going to the NFL. So all of a sudden you're looking at four brand-new starters in the secondary uh, with five defensive back commitments. So uh, that that relationship with Watts was interesting just to watch it uh, transform over the last few months because – he had been talking about wanting to visit Ohio State before he committed to Oklahoma, then took a, a secret visit in the summer, uh, mm-hmm. and then came back for the official and immediately decommitted from Oklahoma after the official. And uh, from what he said, from what I've heard on the Ohio State side, it was just the relationship between Jeff Halfley and him that really sold him on what Ohio State was doing over Oklahoma. And, um, you know, that, it's always the risk you run, with, I guess, with a, with any sort of position player, understanding that their position coach could potentially be gone, uh, especially when they're as successful as Jeff Halfley has been and as successful as Ohio State's assistant coaches have been moving on. So I want to turn around there, flip to the other side of the ball, and then Jackson Smith and Jigba. Is he the best receiver in Texas? I, I, know, the, I, I know that you are a big uh, DeMond Demas fan who's not playing this year. Right. It, 
is Jackson the best receiver who's playing in high school football in Texas right now? Without question. Um, and, and I honestly, I, f- I forget about Demas sometimes because he is a freak. Demas is the modern-day Randy Moss, and even though people are going to forget about him and he may take a dip in so other sites' rankings because he did not play, I've seen enough of DeMond over the last two years to be very confident he is the best wide receiver, and he still has a ton of room for growth because he's very he's, he's just a naturally freak Randy Moss esque athlete. Do you see that? What what I guess the way I see it is that with a guy like Jackson, he may not have the ceiling that Demond does, but he has a higher floor. Does that- that's a, that's a great way of looking at it, and I, and I agree. I think the two receivers in the mix as the you know, behind Demas would be Quinton Johnston out of Temple High School, um, about an hour outside of Austin. He's committed to Texas. He's going to sign with Texas. And then Jackson has been just – he's been unguardable this, yeah. this season. And, um, Burr, if you remember when we were at the opening a couple of years ago in Oregon, um, Jamar Chase. Obviously, Jamar is now Tearing the up at LSU, at LSU. Right. Jackson is taller. He's faster. Um, they are the same type of receiver. They are always open. I mean, can't guard Mike, can't guard Jackson. They're, they're very similar players. Um, I when I watched when I took this job and I watched Jackson's film, I I loved him. I just he's just a baller, right? You can't say he's a jump ball specialist or you know he's gonna be, he's gonna be a burner over the top. He does everything. What he's shown in you know midway he's he's missed. I think he told me three or four games. I think three games. He made his debut again Friday night. He is leading the area, and not, not he's not leading the city or his district. He's leading Dallas-Fort Worth, which is as loaded this cycle as it is in any other cycle, in receiving yards after missing three games. Yeah, he's got a Power 5 quarterback um, who's, a, who's a freshman throwing to him. Jackson hasn't missed a beat. He's winning jump balls in the end zone. He's beating guys on, on easy routes, on slants over the middle. He can stretch the field. He, he makes difficult grabs with his hands. Um, he's a sharp route runner. Yeah, I'm, he's, I'm, he's, in the, he's inside the top 100, and I still feel like we're not doing him a justice. I, I think it, I think he's in a position where people sort of forget him because he may be the third best receiver committed to Ohio State in this cycle. Right, and right. Uh, you know Jackson on Friday night against Mesquite North set uh, a new state record in Texas in, cla- mm-hmm. in the 6A class for all-time receiving yards. He he has. Um, just every week he's scoring three or four touchdowns. It's it's pretty remarkable to see how and, and, he's overlooked. And and this is what I say you know say to coaches and parents. I, I don't care about stats that much. Um, like the kid we talked about earlier, Jamar Chase. If you look at his junior stats, are are horrific. He did not have a quarterback. He played in a, a run heavy offense. But when he would go into seven on seven or, sure. or events like the opening or rivals camp. He would just make a ton of plays, and he was completely – you saw the skill, even though it didn't translate necessarily on Friday nights. Jackson has the stats, so you know I can you can point to the stats and just say how good he is, but he, he earns every yard. It is not a pass-happy offense where they're just throwing – they're just pounding it to him. There are other receivers who are eating on that offense. Right, and he's, he's, and these aren't the free running. I mean, he's not a free runner on all these plays. I mean, they're playing against the best of the best, and right. uh, he's doing it every single week. It's It's – it's one of those things where, again, I think because Julian Fleming and G. Scott and Mookie Cooper are all committed to Ohio State as well, that people sort of overlook him. And then there's the natural tendency in a state like Texas, the fact that Texas hadn't offered him when he committed to Ohio State, 
uh, and, and didn't really hasn't t- ever technically offered him. Although I think everyone knows they did privately if he would be willing to flip. Uh, of, you know, about two months ago, it it seems like people just sort of gloss over him. So I, I'm fascinated by it. Speaking of guys that people uh, nobody's glossing over, there's a, a five star defensive lineman in in Texas in the class of 2021 who is very high on Ohio State. Who, if you want to talk a little bit about him, I'd love to hear uh, your your take on our, our guy Adelaide over there in Houston. Yeah, Tunmiche is uh he's a different kind of kid. I really I really like Tunmiche as as a person. I got to see him week one uh against Fort Bend Austin. And he was I don't know if he was suspended, but he did not play in the first quarter. He came in in the second quarter, had two sacks and a tackle for loss. And basically played in and out of the lineup the rest of the game. He didn't need to play that hard because his quarterback, Jalen Milrow, is committed to Texas, and he just single-handedly blew up Fort Bend Austin. But on the defensive side of the ball, he's, you know, there's a lot of strong side defensive ends, right, quote-unquote, who are really defensive tackles who believe they're defensive ends. Right. And Tuniche is an absolute freak. At defensive end, I've actually got to watch his spring game and his week one game because I'm very enamored by the way him and his quarterback play on the same team. It's a nice, easy trip for me to see two of them in, in one setting. Sure, um, he's he's unguardable. He's got nasty hands. He's explosive. He's got twitch. He's basically like every one of these defensive ends that Ohio State seems to send to the draft in the first round each year. But he um, looks like a defensive tackle in that six three two sixty range. A guy who. I mean, is he going to get taller? Is he going to end up in that 6'4", 275, 280 range? Or how do you see the the body type changing? Well, you know, I, I think he could be a defensive tackle, but I like him at defensive end because he's not, you know, he, he's he's productive and he's explosive, which, which you want from your defensive ends. It depends. Are you going to play him in a 3-4 system, in a 4-3 system? You know, because he could, he could stay at his current weight, play, you know, a 4-5 technique, in a, in a three four, he's playing the five technique. Right, um, that makes sense. But he, I think, even though he's a little bit heavier, he's he's still explosive with short area quickness. If you were to make him a, a seven or a nine technique, and I think that's why he's kind of a unique prospect. And you know, I saw him at Rivals Camp um, in April in Houston, and and I knew who he was, and I know he has a very impressive offer sheet with Alabama and LSU and Texas and Texas A and M at the time. But he really was a little bit underwhelming, and he played defensive tackle and defensive end. And I said, okay, well, you know, he's at a camp with Princely Human Mealin and Vernon Broughton and, and some some real dudes in the, that are that are upperclassmen. So I, I kind of gave him the pass, and I'm really glad I did. Because once I saw him during spring practices and then kind of continued to rewatch his tape and then watch his midseason highlight, I mean, he's an absolute freak. Um I think he plays with kind of a chip on his shoulder, which you like, you know, especially juniors that are ranked in the top 50, top 90 in the country. Sometimes, like, once they get their offers, it's like, you all know who I am. I got my offers. Like, I'm going to play when I want to play. He's a high-motor guy, which which is rare, as you know, with defensive line prospects in high school. Especially a kid of his size, he does not take plays off, which is kind of why I lean toward he probably is that actual strong side defensive end. Yeah, one of the things that he told me that he's why he's really considering Ohio State is not just because of Larry Johnson's reputation, but because the Buckeyes play that four three that are that's going to allow him to stay on the outside 
And when you think about the potential of pairing him up, and I've been told by people around there that it may be a two-team race between Ohio State and Alabama right now, when you think about pairing him up with Jack Sawyer, uh, it is a pretty scary proposition for Big Ten offensive linemen in the next few years if that was able to come to fruition. So. Yeah, I, I would. So, in, t- in our rose, our re- our, our, our mm-hmm. most recent, our, our most recent chat, um, you know, there's a lot of pressure on him with Texas and Texas A and M. Everyone is going to assume because you know, back in the spring, he was trying to get his quarterback some offers. Which, you know, if if, if Tumiche was any reason why any one of those schools offered, then you know, props to him. But Jalen is a fantastic quarterback in his own right. Obviously, with his quarterback being committed to Texas, there's a lot of pressure on him to follow suit. A&M was the first team to offer him before he ever played a varsity down. So I think that for a public perception, he's going to include them in his top 10, 8, 6, 3, 2, and 1 until he finally makes a decision. Right. Which, But, yeah, I think Alabama and I think Ohio State and I think the way that they recruited him leading up to September 1st and then after – uh, all matter. So if you were to make a, a top four, it's those. And then he's going to say things like LSU and Florida and Auburn. I don't deem them as legitimate contenders because now for two years he's been talking about the same schools. And, and like you said, Larry Johnson has done a fantastic job of staying consistent with him. And he's the kind of kid because he's such a, such a witty kid. He's not going to forget if you guys you know stop recruiting him. He, he will keep right. that in mind. And I, I don't see him going to Texas, and I really don't see him going to A&M. But I, I really see him going out of state, which you really can't say for a lot of these elite guys in Texas. Well, look, uh, obviously Ohio State has made itself known in that area over the last few years, going back to 2017 with you know signing uh, J.K. Dobbins and Baron Browning and Jeff Okuda and Kendall Sheffield. So the Buckeyes have made themselves a presence in Texas. Before I let you go, what is it that the Ohio State has done in that area? I, I throw away winning football games. I know everyone uh, that if you can, I guess, because obviously that's pretty important. But what do they do besides winning that has opened the eyes of, of recruits in Texas and allowed them to go into the state and deal with the high school coaches in an area that is obviously and always been somewhat, uh, I don't want to say uh, closed off, but high school coaches want their kids to stay in Texas. Yeah, no, I mean, the winning part, it, it certainly rains pretty heavy. I mean, you, you can't forget that. And I think the fact that Ohio State is one of the select few teams, and when I say select, we're talking that you can count on your hands. That is in the mix for a playoff spot, a conference championship, and a chance to play in the national championship every single year. I, I think that you're right. I mean, most coaches here, you know, want to send them to Texas. They want to send them to Oklahoma. They want to send them to A&M. There's a few that, that like LSU because, you know, a lot of people in Houston in particular are Katrina displacements. Ohio State just has a certain gravitas. Um, I think you get the same – you used to get that with like a USC offer, right? With, yeah. At USC in their heyday, that, that no longer exists. USC offers everyone um, in Texas now because they need to. Ohio State is one of the – Ohio State and probably Clemson, Georgia – and Alabama are the, are the select few teams that still carry national appeal. Um, it, and I think that the, the success of Okuda, um, for, you know, for example, has just rained very heavy as well. So especially when they offer DBs, you know, a kid like Hunter Washington down at Katy, when Ohio State offered, it was a snowball effect because then you saw 
A&M offer, and then you saw Georgia offer, and then you saw LSU offer. It's like, whoa, if, we, if you are iffy about offering a kid, an Ohio State offer grabs more schools' attention, and I think the kids are very keen on that. They're, they're very aware of what just happens, and they're not going to forget the relationships that they, they forged with the Ohio State staff. So Ohio State is never going to sign 20 kids from Texas. It's, it's just impossible because of all the in-state powers that are that are within the state sure. and because of those connections you mentioned. But, but they can go get one or two. Guys. They can go get they're one or get two. They're guys, I, I believe, for the most part. Like they may have to, like Anthony Cook, they may have to battle an LSU and a Texas. Um, and they're not going to win all every one of those, but they're going to be in that top three. And eventually, you know, 33, 40% of the time, they're going to come out on top. You know, Hunter Washington's a guy who's visiting Ohio State this coming weekend for the Wisconsin game. Do you think that Anthony Cook wishes he made a different decision? <laughs> I think Anthony is is perfectly happy at Texas. He's he's getting a lot of early playing time, which is always, as you remember, we were we were trying to deal with his recruitment together. Yeah. Uh, when you were was, Sam, was, Sam was covering LSU. Sam was covering LSU. Burn was on Ohio State, and he picked Texas and. I remember being in San Antonio and finally getting the the reasoning. I mean, I remember being in, in driving back and forth between Houston and, and New Orleans, trying to get the sense. Cook had was leaning toward Ohio State for months, and then LSU was in the driver's seat. Then he signed with Texas. Yeah, and and honestly, what it seemed like was Ohio State and LSU cooled on him late. They found other options they were more interested in, and Texas was still willing to take him and was the closest to home. And that's what him and his family elected. You know, were the best thing to do, but you could definitely say that he was closer to Ohio State for the bulk of his recruitment. And then, as the early signing period approached, LSU was in the driver's seat, and then he wound up at Texas. Welcome <laughs> to re- welcome to recruiting. <laughs> That's why it's fun. Hey Sam, I look man, I'm um, glad to talk to you. Thank you for coming on the show and and uh, giving some insight into the Lone Star State. I'm gonna let you get out of here and enjoy the rest of your night and go watch some football. So. Um, Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate the time, and we will talk to you again soon. Sounds good, Berm. Thanks, man. Thanks to Sam for joining us here on Letterman Rose Talking Stuff. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. Uh, Today, again, it's a little bit different atmosphere, a little bit different uh, approach, so hopefully you guys liked it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And if you get an opportunity, please uh, rate, review, like, subscribe, all those things that you need to do uh, to keep us knowing that you're paying attention. So uh, thanks for taking some time with me today and we'll talk to you soon it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.